Greetings, friends, fellow citizens, and fellow patriots to this edition of the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski, and we are recording this podcast on Saturday, September 18th, and we are joyous today and joyous uh, because God has shined his light on our country once again, as we have had a very exciting and successful day, standing up for our rights, standing against evil, standing for justice, equal justice under the law with our uh, very successful rally in Washington, D.C. today, but more importantly, our very successful campaign uh, uh, to help defend the political prisoners being held unjustly by the Biden regime in Washington, D.C., uh, we have been opening this uh, podcast up for the last many weeks with a prayer for the political prisoners that are being held in Washington, D.C., and I'd like to you know, open up right now with that because regardless of what we did today, they're still there in jail, in solitary confinement, and we still need to get them out. But we took some big steps today, and we'll talk about that next. Let's just take a, a few seconds to say a prayer to you know for those prisoners who are being held and, and a prayer, you know, thanking God for uh, protecting and, and, and being over uh, the brave patriots who were not afraid, uh, didn't, who, you know, who went to our nation's capital and stood on that lawn and made uh, and said what they wanted to say, expressed their free speech uh, in the midst of the, the, the people that want to shut us down and stop us. Let's just say a prayer of thanks to God and ask him to oversee these prisoners, give them strength and courage, and to guide these uh, great patriots home from the rally today. Just take a second, please. Thank you very much. As you know, the big story this week, and, and before I, I, I go on, if you want to send mail, if you want to send letters of encouragement, now we've been getting people sending books to the inmates uh, and, and the political prisoners, and they've been coming back, but the letters seem to be getting through. You can go to patriotmailproject.com, patriotmailproject.com. You can find out the status of the prisoners. You can find out how to send them letters, and we've been getting some beautiful letters back from the, the political prisoners. They so appreciate your prayers and your good wishes and your efforts to get them out of jail and to bring, you know, just the, the light of the world upon on, uh, you know their case and the injustice is being done so that our our corrupt political system this corrupt uh, regime and the corrupt you know FBI and D, uh, DOJ and courts can be exposed for all to see so that they can then be challenged and changed so you know as you know uh, there was lots of controversy this week and I heard from all of you uh, by text by email every possible way you could but there was a rally today uh, in Washington DC at the Capitol called the justice for six rally put on by a, a group called look ahead America and Matt uh, Brainerd and and it did happen and uh, despite so many of you so many of you writing to me and saying it's a fix it's a setup it's a you know it's a false flag it was very disappointing 
It was very disappointing. And I wrote to many of you who wrote to me and saying how disappointed I was that you were allowing fear, irrational fear, to overcome logic and facts. And that caused me to write this essay that went out uh, where I, I wrote about the hysteria of the left and the irrational fear of the right. Uh, and, and that, you know, I made the claim that the justice for J6 rally would be safe and it would be effective. And it was, praise God, it was safe and effective. And, and, and so here's what you, I want you to understand. What was our goal? I asked you two weeks ago to pray, to ask God to guide us and give us wisdom because I was having to make a decision whether to spend a lot of our money on, on advertising because I wanted to get people to read the, uh, the, the challenge that was filed, the legal challenge that was filed in the UN Com uh, Human Rights Committee basically outlying the, the human rights violations being conducted against these political prisoners and the constitutional and legal violations being conducted against them. Nowhere had I seen that case laid out until this group, Look Ahead America, filed it with the UN. But nobody saw it. No one knew anything about it. And I felt, and I and you felt, because you wrote to me and said, you know, you, you thought it was right for us to do this, that we should do it. And I tried to buy advertising uh, where the I was going to print the entire legal case in the Washington Times because I wanted to stick it in their face. And and it didn't work out. They rejected it. They wouldn't print it. It was going to take a lot of money, too many full pages to do it, and it didn't work out. And then Matt Raynard comes up with this idea where he's going to have this rally. And so now we got to figure out, well, what are we going to do with that? Our goal was still to bring people's attention to the plight of these political prisoners who the media would not mention, including Fox News and, 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 and any conservative groups, except for One American News had you know uh, people on a Newsmax. They did talk about it, but, but not any of the other major news networks. For eight months, they forgot about these people. And we had to find a way to fix that. We had to find a way to fix that. So there's two issues here, okay, that you need to understand. One, you need to understand how to fight and how to win, okay? You need to find ways to exploit the enemy's weakness. And those of you who kept telling me that this was a false flag, I had people, and if you go to that, that story that's posted on our website about Matt Brainerd and, and, and the Justice for uh, J6 rally, I put Matt Brainerd's, uh, you know, he was interviewed on C-SPAN on Friday morning, and there were callers. A caller actually called into C-SPAN and said he thought that the government would open fire on these protesters, on these American citizens who are addressing their government, using their free speech and freedom of assembly. This man was convinced that the government would open fire, and many of you thought so too, because you wrote to me and told me that. Folks, our world is insane. And there is deep evil. But they can't even get away with that. That's ridiculous. 
And I made the case in my, my essay, which not enough of you read. Go to the website of wethepeopleconvention.org and read my essay, The Justice for J6. Read what I said, where I explained how this was all hyped up for no reason. And even Donald Trump came out and said, it's a setup. You know, they're just going to vilify us. It's just another way for them to make fun of us. Wow! Oh! Like, they don't do that every day. You're not going to go and exercise your constitutional rights because they might make fun of you and lie about you and do what the, the lamestream commie media does every day? Well, then... Go, don't never get up in the morning. Pull the covers over your head and never get out of bed. Because if you're afraid of words, then you can't win any fight. Ever hear the nursing rhyme, sticks and stones can break my bones, but names will never harm me? We need to reteach that to our kids and to ourselves. Who the hell cares what they say about you? What matters is what you do. And what was at stake here is not what the left was going to do to us, but what we were going to do to ourselves because we were afraid of what the left would do to us. That's what was at stake here. That's why we had to stand up and go to this rally. And as I said to you on the website, the fact that they put up a fence again for 700 people, which was their prediction, showing up, they put up a fence. That tells you that the government fears the people. And the fact that we showed up today shows that we the people don't fear them. And that's how it must be. That's why we had to go to D.C., that's our ground. We used our situation against them. They fell into a trap. We won before today and then won again today. What do I mean by that? I told you 10 days ago, two weeks ago, no media coverage at all about this. When, when Look Ahead America had a rally at the jail, I didn't even know about it so I could tell you to go. That's how bad it was. That's how bad the blackout was. They protested at the jail and you and I didn't even know about it. Which means nobody meant about, knew about it. So what did we do this week? What did we do this week? Yeah, we took this ad in the Washington Times. Yeah, here's what our ad looks like so you can see it up close, okay? We took an ad in the Washington Times. Why? Because they got to see it. And I just got a paper copy today. Here's the Washington Times. Here's our ad right there, right there, okay? So what happens? We stuck it in their face. Why do you think Laura Ingram started talking about it? Our ad ran on the front page of the Washington Times, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and ran digitally on the WashingtonTimes.com all day, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, until noon on Saturday. Our ad rep, the Washington Times, said they were blown away. The clicks on our ad were six times greater 
than what the average paid ad on their website gets. Six times. Go to your search engine and type in justice for J6 and look at the thousands of news stories. The Rolling Stone, Washington Post, New York Times. You know what? We got them to talk about the political prisoners. And even if they said, we're, you know, and they did, they said, oh, these people are trying to pretend that these insurrectionists, you know, are, are, are being Ill, uh, improperly handled or illegally treated. It doesn't matter what they say. Right? The old adage, good publicity or bad publicity, just put my name, spell my name right. We got millions of people to know about it. We won big time. I wrote to Matt Maynard on Wednesday and said, Matt, we already won because we tricked those idiots on the left into writing about our story. Do you get it? Capiche? Comprehende? Learn how to fight. Understand the bigger picture. We baited them. And they took the bait and ran with it. And then Laura Ingram's going to sit there and say, nobody I know is going to it. Yeah, Laura, yeah. You know why? Because you're not a real conservative. Because you don't know anybody. She's on her show talking about how we need to protect our First Amendment rights. And then she's telling people not to go to this rally. No one's going to show up, she said. Yeah? Hey, Laura, people showed up. Patriots showed up. Americans showed up. Here's some pictures, Laura. Here's some damn pictures. Looks like some people there. Here's another picture. Yeah. Pretty good crowd, isn't it? Pretty good crowd of people who aren't afraid of their damn government. And have the courage to stand up and say, you're not taking our rights away. Give me liberty or give me death. Shame on the people who said don't go. Who can't even think straight anymore. Who can't use logic. Read my essay. I said, why is this going to be safe? Because the Capitol Police, the, the D.C. Police, the Park Service... The, all of these people were going crazy about this event and putting up fences and calling out the National Guard, right? Well, guess what? Now, if anything goes wrong, it's their fault, not ours. Right? It's on them. We went and we were not afraid. God love every one of these patriots. Now, I put the video at wethepeopleconvention.org. I was able to find some streaming video. I had sent a text. If you don't get our text messages, today was another example of why you want to go to wethepeopleconvention.org and put your email and your text number, your phone number in there, because I texted out a link so you could watch it live, and several thousand of you did. So you could see with your own eyes that they were safe and they were effective and they were making the case for these political prisoners for the whole world to see and all these moron media people on the left were there and had to record it. 
Yeah, of course they're going to demonize us going forward. But many, many, many more people heard our case. So, so you can watch the video I've got of the whole event. It's about an hour and a half, I think. But here's just a couple clips. Here's Matt Brainerd opening it up. This is about the many people who were there that day who have not been charged with violence, not been accused of assaulting a police officer, destroying property, and the disparate treatment they've received. This is about equal treatment under the law. This is about a public investigation into many of the things that happened that have not been investigated publicly or third-party oversight, especially the death of Ashley Babbitt. And this is about transparency, because we have a real issue with transparency in the aftermath of January 6th. Thousands and thousands of hours of videotape denied, not just from us, but from defense attorneys who need it. Mysterious investigations into Capitol Police officers' behavior, ambiguous press releases saying that some were sanctioned for something, but we're not going to say what it is. This is unheard of in police departments across the country, or if it's not, it should be, and it should be same here with the Capitol Police. So we condemn all violence, political violence. I'm demanding that you all are respectful and obedient to police officers today. In fact, I'd like to start off, can we please have a round of applause for the many police officers who are here today? We respect you, we know you have a tough job. That's a great opening statement by Matt Baynard. Okay? He said, you know, we're going to respect the police. We've always respected the police. You've seen that at all of our events. The police know we're the good guys. We're the patriots. And I said in my essay to you, and not many of you did not think this through, including Code Monkey and everyone on Telegram saying, don't go, it's a setup. The hell's wrong with you people? Think with your own head. Stop being pushed around like sheep. So what's the facts? The fact was that I said in my, my essay was that on January 6th, no one was in charge. There was no event at the Capitol on January 6th. The event was at the White House. The people at the Capitol were acting on their own. That's why there was a problem. That's why there wasn't going to be a problem today, September 18th. Because if you watch the video of Matt, you would see that he had it all figured out. They had security. He paid security. They had they had coordinated with the, the District of Columbia Police and the Capitol Police. Nothing was going to happen today. You know why? Because you donate to the We the People Convention, and we write wrote a multi-thousand-dollar check to Matt to help pay for security so you would be safe. I'm not going to send you there without protecting you. And then people are saying to me, oh, it's a false flag. You don't even talk to Mad Mayor. Nobody even knew what he was doing. They weren't even thinking. Laura Ingram, these people, they could have had him on the show. No, no. They just could have talked down. Oh, these people are going you know, to this rally. No one I know is going. So Laura Ingram said, yeah, yeah. Well, patriots went, Laura. Maybe the people you know aren't patriots. Here's another video. Uh, that you know, we've we've got from uh, Kara, who's one of the co-sponsors. Hey, everybody, and thank you for coming out today. My name is Kara Castronova. I am the founder of Citizens Against Political Persecution. I would like to personally thank Matt for organizing this day today. Which take a look around. Do you see an insurrection? 
Who watched the news this week? Who read the media? Who, who was terrified to come here? You know, shame on the people in the system that put fear in the hearts of American citizens to stay home and to not come out. Many whom have called me and messaged me begging and pleading for me to stay home because they fear for my life and my freedom. What kind of America has this become when people are afraid to come out and protest? Okay, so Kara did a great job because she said, all these people were writing to me and saying, yo, don't go. I worried for your safety. And she said, yeah, when is it that Americans stop going and using their First Amendment rights? When do we just quit on our country? Because that's what's at stake here. And today, we did not quit on America. We stood for America. We stood for liberty. We stood for our constitutional rights. We stood for the political prisoners and demanded equal justice under the law. And if you watch the whole video, you'll see some people that did some pretty nice little speeches. I'm proud of the effort we made. You should be proud of the effort we made. We got our message out in spades. This is why they were all talking about it, because it was in a newspaper in their face. There's method to our madness. And that's why this is exciting. Half of Americans say that they're, these are political prisoners. This is important, folks. Before the rally, the data from a new Rasmussen poll reveals that 49% of American likely voters are either strongly or somewhat agree with the concept that the U.S. government is holding political prisoners. 42% are in disagreement with 9% unsure. It is amazing that we have this many people who already believe this. But they're just thinking, right? They're saying, like I talked last week, you know, trespassing first offenders, you're holding them in solitary confinement for eight, nine months? Nobody thinks that's fair. But this poll shows that we're winning, and after this rally, and after the thousands of people who've read the case because of what we did, and it's on our website, and you can read it, and you should share it with everyone, it lays out the case for what's being done to these political prisoners. We're going to be even more than half, and that's when we're going to get action, because you got to win that battle first. And so then... There's a great story on our website that you got to go look at where January 6th trial judges question federal prosecutors' use of the disrupting an official proceeding charge they are misapplying. This was a big story. And again, I don't know if you heard it anywhere else, but it's really important because the charge from the beginning, okay, well, let me just start here. Legal arguments in favor of jailing the January 6th political prisoners continually without trial are falling apart. Defense attorneys continue to trying to get even the most serious charges against their clients dismissed. Not the insurrection or sedition charges. Those actually don't exist. They haven't charged anybody with insurrection or sedition because it didn't happen. But to all the news and all these people who believe that there's an insurrection, they think it's true. Nobody's been charged with that. Those actually don't exist. We still have not to this date seen a single person who was charged with taking a gun into the Capitol building, which you would expect in a true insurrection. 
nor has any defendant been charged with assaulting a police officer or anyone else. No, the felony charge that is falling apart is the one of briefly interrupting a meeting of Congress during a legitimate First Amendment protected protest. And the guys who wrote this says, I've been calling this briefly interrupted meeting for several months now on purpose. Okay? The official name of the criminal charge is disrupting an official proceeding. It's a felony crime that carries a steep sentence of up to 20 years in federal prison. It's a poorly named crime because it sounds like it could mean one thing, disrupting basically any meeting of Congress, when in fact it means something entirely different. At least two judges who will be hearing the cases against Trump supporters next year have stated, started to question the way the government is applying that law. That law is 18 U.S.C. 1512. And here's what it says. The official proceeding that, uh, the official proceeding that the costume protesters disrupted on January 6th was not a congressional investigation. It was a ceremonial meeting to certify fake votes in favor of Joe Biden's. There's just no comparison between what protesters did and what this law means. This law came from the Enron uh, corruption uh, trial, and the Enron people were shredding financial documents. And they passed this law, the official proceedings uh, you know, law, that basically was, uh, tried to stop anybody from ever interfering with an investigation by shredding documents. How does that apply to going into the Capitol, right? And so now at least a couple of judges are starting to see the twisted logic that prosecutors are using the trample rights of trans Trump supporters. Judge Emmett Matei noted this week in a hearing for a group of defendants from Oath Keepers, some of whom are not even members of Oath Keepers, is a, it's a bit of a stretch to compare the Capitol protests to shredding documents, the judge said. Judge Randall Moss, in a hearing for two different defendants, said that the statute suffers from a constitutional vagueness problem. Bingo! Unfortunately, Moss didn't throw out the charges of interrupting a meeting out either. So now we're in a situation where the judges seem to be, uh, to understand that the charge against Trump supporters is total BS, but they're not willing to throw it out yet. Okay? I guess, you know, it, the good news is that as these cases move to trial next year, the prosecutors are proving themselves to be every bit as inept as Joe Biden. Hopefully these cases will be thrown out before that happens because it's clear that the protesters are being unjustly railroaded and held in solid confinement for completely absurd reasons. They're being charged with disrupting an, uh, uh, official proceedings. Well, what happened in the Kavanaugh Supreme Court hearings or, or you know, Senate, you know, uh, uh, you know, proceedings? They were standing up in a crowd and interrupting a meeting and having me hauled out. Cory Booker and Kamala Harris were coordinating with the left to interrupt that official meeting. Those people weren't charged with a crime for, that has 20-year penalty, right? How about all the crazies, you know, that were in the, in the Capitol building to shut down the hearing, of, you know, about Kavanaugh when they broke through the doors and were pounding on the doors? Yeah. The law that they're trying to use doesn't say what the prosecutors say. And notice when Matt Brainerd was talking, he talked about, uh, you know, that they're, there's, there's disciplining the Capitol Police with no transparency. Well, what he's referred to is this story that I put on our website. 
new information prompts more questions about the lack of preparedness by the Capitol Police for the events of January 6th. And basically, what that story talked about was that there were 300 police officers on a conference call like a week before January 6th being told that there could be you know, violence and they should prepare. And then after January 6th, the, the, the Capitol Police and Nancy Pelosi said, we had no idea, but there's transcripts of the call, okay? And then there's these Capitol Police members who were disciplined. This came out this week. Discipline recommended for six Capitol Police officers at the review of actions on January 6th. An internal investigation by the U.S. Capitol Police has found that six of its officers deserve to be punished for their actions during the January 6th Capitol incursion. The USCP Office of Professional Responsibility launched 38 internal investigations. The U.S. Attorney's Office did not find sufficient evidence that any of the officers committed a crime. A, how come we didn't know that they were looking into 38 officers? How come we don't know what the charges were? And where's the transparency on how they found out there was no crime? OPR was able to identify the officers involved in 26 of the cases, the statement said. In some cases, not enough information was available to identify the officer who was subject to the complaint. In 20 of the cases, in 20 of the cases no wrongdoing was found. Violations were sustained and disciplinary actions were recommended in six cases. I'd like to see those cases, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you like to see those? Yeah, in the six cases, three violations were con conduct for conduct unbecoming, one for failure to comply with directives, one for improper remarks, and one for improper dissemination of information. Capitol Police said another case involving an officer who was accused of unsatisfactory performance and conduct unbecoming remains unresolved. Where was the transparency on that? Where's the media coverage on that? Right? 38 officers did things wrong. Oh, yeah, but they... They investigated themselves and found that there was no problem, right? No problem at all. So today, we stood up, we took a step, we showed them that it's our house, it's our capital, we have freedom of speech, we will exercise it, and when we do it properly, they can't do anything about it, okay? So for everybody who thinks that we're already communist China and in a police state, we ain't there yet, but if you won't stand and fight, we'll be there a hell of a lot sooner. That's why today was important. But it has been a horrible week for the United States of America. And it wasn't, this rally was the best thing that happened. This was the best thing. Now we got to get into the worst things. So the worst thing was that this clown, General Milley, Created, committed treason. That's what he did. And it's just real simple. News reporting the Washington Post detailing the contents of a new book shows General Mark Milley reassured Chinese People Liberation Army General Li Zichen that he would give the communist country a heads up if President Donald Trump launched an attack in the final months of the presidency. He did so in a series of report phone calls and reassured Lee he would stand between Trump and attack on Chinese assets. That's called treason. Yeah, and the left is rallying around. He's a hero, don't you know? Because he stood up to the bad man, orange man Trump, right? And aided our most serious enemy. 
This isn't over, okay? And I asked all of you, I sent out a message and I sent out an email to all of you, and I said, you need to call your congressmen and your senators today. And here's the list of things we demand. We want to hear the phone call between Miley and the Chinese. We will not accept the transcript. I want to hear the call. No transcript, which they can fake. General Milley must be court-martialed, not fired, or just allowed to resign. No! He deserves prison time. All the service members who participated in the coup with him must be court-martialed. There needs to be a serious investigation. Now, he's supposed to testify in front of Congress here, like this week or something, and we'll see what happens. But we must force this. All members of the intel agencies who knew of these acts and did not inform President Trump must be charged with treason for their role in enabling this coup. Republicans, Jim Jordan, Mitch McConnell, Mark Meadows, we must force them to have an investigation. This is the most unbelievably traitorous act in American history. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer must be impeached for enabling and encourage, encouraging this coup. The conversations between Milley and, and, and Pelosi and Schumer are unconstitutional. They're forbidden. Biden must be impeached if he's found to have known this happened and took no action. I asked you to call your congressmen and your senators and raise holy hell. Did you do that? Are you going to tell me once again, it doesn't matter. They never listened to me. No, you can't stop. This is serious. This is the loss of civilian control of our military. This is a fundamental issue in our country. And I said that you need to do this because if we don't do this and get this investigation and this court-martial, you better be willing to take to the streets. And I mean that. But when you wouldn't even go to Washington and stand in a peaceful rally, will you go to the streets? Will you protest? Will you shut down traffic? Will you do what BLM and Antifa do? Because that's what it's going to take. You better get ready. We do not want a shooting war. And I was listening to Glenn Beck this week on Friday at about 11.30. My God, he had lost his mind. He was so afraid of what's going on that he was talking about if we don't come together or find a way to fix this, that we're going to have a genocide in the United States that's going to make Nazi Germany look like child's play. That's what he said. That's what's at stake. When you're so afraid of your government, you won't even go to a peaceful rally and speak your mind. What happened this week with Milley is historic. And we got to keep calling and demanding. And I'll be calling on you this week to do more because we cannot accept this. What are you willing to do for freedom? By the time this show is over, you're going to want to do some for freedom because your freedom is at stake, not just our country. 
And so, so what happens? You know, Taiwan, China is rattling their sabers. So the U.S. does a deal with Australia to sell with uh, Britain and Australia. They signed this uh, pact. I forget what it was called. Um, it's an it's agreement known as the AUKUS, Australia, U United Kingdom, U.S. initiative, will provide nuclear submarines to Australia to help strengthen cooperation against China. Okay? So we signed this deal. Well, guess what? The, remember when they were telling you how it was Donald Trump who was destroying NATO, right? And how all our European allies hate Donald Trump because he's a moron, right? Yeah, he's a moron. So what do we do? So first of all, we abandon the UK, okay, and France and our other allies in Afghanistan, right? They go berserk because their people are getting killed. Their people were left behind. They got no warning. Biden completely, remember I told you that uh, Boris Johnson from the UK was had called Biden like for 24 hours straight and couldn't get him to call back? And how, how these, you know, I, I played the British you know, officers who've said that you know, we should court-martial Joe Biden because he's the, the commander-in-chief of the military. Don't impeach him, court-martial him. I say here, here. But you got to court-martial Millie first, okay? But here's what happened. France, France, right? You know how John Kerry and everybody says, and all the lefties in New York say, we should be more like French. The French are so wonderful. Yeah, they're a bunch of leftist socialists, right? Right? The weak French. Guess what France did to the United States? This week, because of this, being left out of this deal with the submarines, France recalled their ambassador to the United States. Okay? They recalled their ambassador, and their, their uh, French Foreign Minister Jean Yves Le Drain railed against the Biden administration for keeping his country out of the National Security Pact with the United Kingdom and Australia. One day later, they withdrew their ambassador to the U.S., and they were having a 240-year anniversary big event in France to celebrate the French-American partnership that started like with the Statue of Liberty. They canceled it. The French canceled it. Oh, but but Joe Biden, no, the, the you know everybody in Europe loves him. Oh, he's so much better than Trump. Yeah, anybody recall their ambassadors from the U.S. when Trump was president? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. So now there's all kinds of articles, and I've talked to you about this endlessly, and you need to be on your congressman about this because the fear is rising that China sees what happened in Afghanistan, sees the weakness and bumbling of Biden, and they're going to move on Taiwan. And, and there's an article in the Wall Street Journal that was sent to me that was, you know, was a great article that talked about how we need, need to make Taiwan a pincushion. We need to arm them to the hilt. There's talk about putting nuclear weapons on Taiwan because I am so afraid, folks, that they're going to act China is going to act. We are not ready. This will be World War III on a level you can't imagine. Those who are Christians and read the Bible, you could imagine it as the end times because the commies, the chai comms, would have no problem 
launching nuclear weapons on the United States. None. Can you say that about Joe Biden? Would he defend us? Would he launch nuclear weapons? Oh, no, no. We're the lefties are so, you know, peaceful. No, we would never do that. We're still arguing about whether Truman was right or not. Truman was right. But we had an amazing bit of good news this week that's just stunning to me. John Durham finally indicts Democrat Clinton super lawyer Michael Sussman in the Russia, Russia scandal. Yes, you heard that right. You actually heard those words, leave my lips. I just told you that John Durham finally indicted someone for the Russia, Russia hoax. And this, folks, is a big deal. If you go to WeThePeopleConvention.org, you can read the, the, just a new story. But the bottom line is, nearly, nearly two years after evidence emerged that the infamous Steele dossier was a political dirty trick filled with Russian disinformation and disproved allegations, special counsel John Durham unloaded a new indictment that exposes a parallel effort by Hillary Clinton's campaign to flood the FBI with more dubious Trump-Russia collusion dirt. In painstaking detail, Durham laid out in the indictment Thursday how Democrat super lawyer Michael Sussman used Clinton campaign funds to construct a now-debunked memo and other evidence alleging that computer communications between a server at Alpha Bank in Russia and the Trump Tower in New York might be a secret backdoor communications system for Trump and Vladimir Putin to hijack the 2016 election. And then Sussman falsely told Baker, the uh, you know the FBI general counsel James Baker, the prosecutors al alleged he was providing the information to the FBI solely as a good citizen and when not on behalf of any of his clients, even though he charged all that work to the Clinton campaign. The alleged lying Durham argued deceived the FBI into thinking the allegations were coming from a neutral source. Sussman had been a cybersecurity expert and not an election motivated client, and so they believed him. He lied. He's going to get, he's indicted. He's going to be tried. He's going to tell on Hillary. He's, this again, this guy worked for Perkins Coy, the lefty law firm that they used to run this whole scam. Okay? This is an important indictment. Now, why this happened, I have no idea. I, I, thank God. God shone his light on America. Right? This week, God was with us. Maybe our prayers are being answered. What do you think? So I don't know where this came from, but thank God. Thank God. Because we are in such serious trouble. So we had Millie committing treason, right? We have you know, our NATO allies you know, just really abandoning us. We've got China threatening to want Taiwan. And then we've got the thing that no one wants to talk about, that all of this is the diversion. The COVID, the masking mandates, all that's the diversion to cover up what? To cover up the border, folks. What's going on the border is an invasion. It's the loss of our nation. Here's a clip from Tucker Carlson. Right now, we're happy to have him. Hey, Bill. Hey, Tucker, good evening to you. So look, for the past several months now, we've heard the Biden administration claim that progress, extreme progress, has been made down here at the border, but that's just not squaring up with what we're seeing on the ground. We want to show you this remarkable drone video we shot today with our crew up in Del Rio. Take a look 
at this staggering footage. What you're looking at here is the International Bridge in Del Rio. We first showed this to you last night. Well, it has gotten significantly worse. What you're looking at is sources are telling me upwards of 10 thousand migrants waiting underneath that bridge right now after they crossed illegally into the United States. Why are they waiting there? Well, what I'm being told is Border Patrol holding facilities in the area are completely over capacity and Border Patrol agents are completely overwhelmed. There's just nowhere for these people to go right now. They're free to go. They're not being detained right now. They're just kind of holding themselves under this bridge, waiting to be apprehended by Border Patrol. As you mentioned, Border Patrol sources are telling me most of these migrants are coming in from Haiti. There are also some from Cuba and Venezuela as well. But this is just a horrible situation down there, and our border agents need a lot of help. Consider yesterday morning, there were only 4,000 migrants under that bridge. Now I'm told it's well over 10,000. So in a span of just over 20, 24 hours, those numbers have doubled, and it's not getting any better. Those migrants keep streaming across. They just walk across the Rio Grande on a dam. They walk a dirt path, and more and more are showing up to that bridge by the hour. It's getting worse by the day, literally by the hour. We want to point out something. We've been using our drone to show everybody these remarkable pictures. You can see the video we got on the ground from some sources who are leaking stuff to us as well. Um, we just learned that the FAA has put out a temporary flight restriction, a TFR, in the area immediately around the port of entry where that bridge is. What does that mean? It means our drone can no longer fly and show those images. It's a two-week TFR, and according to the FAA, it's for special security reasons. We've reached out to the FAA to get a little clarification on what the heck that means. The timing on this, the location a little bit curious. I just want to point out, Fox News has been at the border for the better part of seven months now. We've been using the drone the entire time. It's never been an issue. All of a sudden, the last 24 hours, we start showing these images at this bridge, and a TFR goes up. We can no longer fly. When we get an update from the FAA, we'll be sure to let you know. But unfortunately for those agents on the ground, they're completely overwhelmed. They need some serious help right now, and hopefully they get it from the federal government. We'll send it back to you. Mm -hmm. 10,000 people under the bridge. Guess what? There's now 30,000 from Haiti. From Haiti. Why Haiti? Haiti, you know that, that, that asshole country that we pour billions into, that they just keep stealing our money, right? That just had an earthquake. These people are flying to Mexico, paying for plane tickets, so they can walk across our damn border, and then Joe Biden's going to make them American citizens. He's going to make them American citizens, and we're going to give them uh, we're going to give them the, uh, welfare for life. Yeah, from Haiti, and then they shut off the drones. You know why? Because it's purposeful. This is what Barack Obama wanted to do and didn't have the guts to do. And now they said, we were wrong. We What law? Screw the law. Who cares whether Congress passes anything? We're just going to open the borders up. We're going to willfully break the law. That's what they're doing. And we aren't doing anything to stop it. Republicans, Mitch McConnell... Where's Mitch McConnell, Mark Levin asked this week. He's nowhere. This is millions of people who all get what? Chain migration. So there's a million already. They're talking two million this year who can all bring in five or six million more people and start 
having babies. All Joe Biden and those guys are going to give them, they're going to give them voting rights. They're going to make them citizens. Is that bad enough? Yeah, it's bad enough. Well, it got worse, okay? Because what do we got now? Then we got this beauty. Joe Biden, you know, is to resettle Afghans in 46 states, many going to swing states. And you're looking on the screen at a map that shows how many Afghans are going to be put in your state by Joe Biden so that you can pay for their schooling and their medical and their, their room and board and their food and their welfare. That's going to come out of your community. President Joe Biden's regime, fake President Joe Biden's regime, is planning to resettle the first group of Afghans brought to the United States across 40 states, with many headed to battleground and swing states. Funny how that is, like Arizona, Florida, Georgia, and Texas. See, now, we don't have enough illegals from South America and 130 countries flooding into Texas and Arizona. No, no, we need to send them Afghanis too, right? Afghanis. Yeah, that makes sense to who? Makes sense to nobody, except if you're a commie and you're being paid by the Chinese to destroy our country, right? But all the Republican governors are just going to let them do it, right? Biden has said he hopes to resell some about 95,000 Afghans across the U.S. over the next 12 months. In a 21-day period from August to September, Biden brought more than 48,000 Afghans to the U.S. for resettlement, a population more than four times greater than the city of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Jackson, Wyoming. Initially, 37,000 Afghans were resettled by the Biden administration across 46 states, as I showed you on this map with Arizona getting the most, 1,600. Like, like, right, that's what they need. And the fact is, there's no vetting going on here, for folks. There's no vetting. How about that? So here we are in our great country. We haven't talked about COVID. We haven't even talked about the vaccine madness, right? Our constitutional rights being violated. We haven't even talked about that. But we've got, you know, insurrection within the military, treason committed against our duly elected President Trump in the military. We've got, we've got the border being flooded with illegals. We've, and we've got Afghans coming in, and we've still got half a show to go. Wow. God save us. No, no. God help us save us. Help us, God, save us. Because that's what's going to have to happen. I said it to you before. No one is going to save us, but we the people. Not Trump, not some politicians. We must act strongly. And I'm going to show you in the second half that we are acting strongly, and it's working. Let's take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski. The We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. All right, and we're back, and we're glad that you are with us. We hope that you enjoyed the first half of the show. We hope that you will share it with others. We want you to, you know, to, to tell people about this podcast because it's, it's important. 
we do news and opinion. So we're looking at the news that's happening and what affects you. And we're helping you protect and defend your freedom, liberty, and prosperity, and our Constitution, and our American way of life. That's what this show's about. And I hope you feel in the first half, we showed you how we do that. I'm going to talk in the second half near about, about some other things that I'm going to ask you to do that are important for you to do. Now, I want to show you something, though, because this is important. Here's a, a picture of our podcast page. If you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, you click on the orange, uh, the yellow button that says podcast, and you go to our page where our player is. On that page, I list all of the stories that I cover, and I link them. So you can read the source material that I'm using that you know, tells you about what I talked about. If you want to do more research, like on that Durham story, you can click a link on that and download the PDF of the actual indictment against Sussman. It's incredible reading. It tells you what they did wrong. It shows you that the indictment's got teeth in it. Use these links. It takes me like an hour after the show to do all these links because people said, you know, I couldn't find the reference you put on this stuff. It's there. Go there. Use them, okay? And share them with other people. So now we're going to go into COVID madness for a little bit, okay? And and the big story I put out, it was a big sensation earlier in the week before all this other nonsense started happening, and that was the Atlantic story. And we've been told all along that the hospitals are filled to capacity. Children are in the hospitals filled to capacity. You know, the COVID thing is just blowing up. This story says, wait, not so fast. At least 12,000 Americans have already died from COVID-19 this month as the country inches through its latest surge in cases. But another worrying statistic is often cited to depict the dangers of this moment. The number of patients hospitalized with COVID-19 in the United States right now is as high as it has been since the beginning of February. It's even worse in certain places. Some states, including Arkansas and Oregon, recently saw their COVID hospitalizations rise to higher levels than any other prior stage of the pandemic. But how much do those figures really tell us? What do they really tell us? There are many COVID patients in the hospital with fairly mild symptoms who had been admitted for further observation on account of their comorbidities or because they reported feeling some out of breath, short of breath. Another portion of patients in this, in this tally are in the hospital for something unrelated to COVID and discovered that they were infected only because they were tested upon admission. How many patients fall into each category has been a topic of much speculation. In August, researchers from Harvard Medical School, Tufts Medical Center, and the Veterans Affairs Healthcare System decided to find out. You know what they found out? Half of the people in the hospital shouldn't be there. They don't, their COVID symptoms are so mild they shouldn't be even admitted. Or they have another disease altogether. And they're counting as COVID to scare you with the surge. And they and then they want to know why we don't trust them. You know, you conservatives, you Trump supporters, which is also a lie because lots of Democrats also are not taking the vaccine. You know, how can you not believe us? Because you just lied to us again. Right? You just lied to us again. And notice they said Arizona and, and, and Oregon, right? Oregon hasn't exactly been shy about lockdowns and vaccine uh, mandates and mass mandates. So look at this little ditty. This is really a cute 
thing that came out this week. Vermont, with the highest vaccination rate in the country, 80% of adults at least partially vaccinated and 79% fully vaccinated, is about to set a new high in COVID cases just 3.5 months after Fauci said, with 50% of adults vaccinated, we wouldn't see significant surges. They're lying to us again. They're lying to us again. And, and you know, someone sent me a, a little meme that just said, so let me get this right. You took the vaccine, but now you know it won't protect you, okay? But you want me to take the vaccine, which isn't going to protect me, because that somehow is going to protect you. That makes no sense. But guess what the CDC did? Yeah, the definition of a vaccine is a, is a medical treatment that prevents an illness. That has been the definition on the CDC website forever. They changed it. They changed it to say that vaccination means that it's a medical treatment that will make the symptoms worse or make it less likely you'll get the disease because it's not working. They're not working. And so, but you know what is working? What is working is, is the monoclonal antibodies. In Florida, right? In Florida, where DeSantis set up all those centers to give the monoclonal uh, treatments, this is where you haven't been vaccinated, you get COVID, now you want to go get ivermectin or remdesivir, or you want vitamin D, you want these drips. We'll talk a little bit about that in a second. Florida's ahead of the game with the state opening at least 25 mono, monoclonal antibody centers as research from Mayo Clinic shows the COVID-19 therapy is up to 70% effective in preventing hospitalization if done early. At least 74,465 people have been treated with monoclonal antibodies at these treatment centers in Florida, according to Simone Marstiller, Secretary of Florida's Agency for Healthcare Administration. You talk to almost anyone that's gotten this and you get almost the same response, almost invariably saying, yeah, next day or two later, you know, I felt like a million bucks. I felt so much better, said Governor Ron DeSantis. Dr. Maureen Willen caught COVID even after being fully vaccinated. As soon as she experienced a high fever, she went to get the monoclonal antibodies and eight hours, no aches, no fevers. It was remarkable, she said. It was remarkable. So it works, right? Great. Florida is doing the right thing. Yay, Florida. Let's reward them. Yeah. What's the Biden administration do? Right? What's the Biden administration do? Alabama doctors concerned about Biden limited monoclonal antibodies treatments is saying that the Biden administration is, is stopping them from getting these medicines. Alabama doctors are concerned about the impact on health care systems after the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services uh, decided to temporarily limit monoclonal antibody orders. The summer surge in coronavirus cases prompted spikes in orders for monoclonal antibodies, and 70% of the orders were being sent to just seven states because they were conservative states that understood that it was a good idea to do this. The other states didn't ask for it. So what's the problem here? 
Doctor, uh, you know, within, uh, let's see, the HSS NASA was temporarily limiting the doses that could be ordered at any given time in an effort to ensure that treatment remains available for future, future patients. But they went even further. They went even further. They started talking about the, you know, uh, Peppermint Patty, Jen Psaki started talking about how, well, we can't give all this, uh, this monoclonal treatment to just these seven states. That's not fair. We want to make sure that we equitably distribute this. The commie mantra, equ equity, right? Equal outcomes. So what they're doing is failing. They're following Biden's you know, directives and the CDC's directives. Everyone should get vaccinated, even though it doesn't work and it won't protect you. And it's not working. And Vermont has the biggest surge they've had, even though they're all vaccinated. Right? But you people who tried something else and it's working, we're going to punish you. This is how, when I say these are commies, this is the evidence. This is not what Americans do. It's not what Americans do. But that's what the Biden regime is doing because they're not Americans. They're commies. And here's a copy of the flu chart that I thought you'd find interesting. Look at this chart. Someone sent this to me. These are the flu season cases in the U.S. from 2012 to 2021. 34 million, 30 million, 30 million, 29 million, 45 million, 36 million, 38 million. It's amazing. In 2021, it was 1,822. Shazam! Well, by golly, what happened, Gomer Pyle? What happened? No seasonal flu. 1,822 cases. Yeah, they counted them all as COVID. They lied to us again. They lied to us again. We need to keep pushing back. We need to get our money back from these hospitals who claim people died from COVID who died for other reasons. And I'm working on a letter to our auditor, state auditor, that I'll share with you maybe this week that you can share with your state auditor and demand that they make account of the real deaths. Because it ain't 600,000, folks. 600,000 Americans didn't die from COVID. I got news for you. It was like a bad flu. And that's what we're going to prove someday. Now, last week, I shared with you this website, the Therapeutics Distribution uh, you know, website that the government put out, right? And it's from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration Emergency Use Authorization. And you could zoom in on this map and find the places that had monoclonal you know, services in your area, okay? Now, I heard from a bunch of you saying that when you called the, this group in your area, they told you to get vaccinated. Or they said, we didn't get our shipment. We can't do this. I was very disappointed in that. Now, if you did get through, and they did say they would help you, because again, we're talking about planning ahead, right? We're talking about planning ahead. If they did, if you did get through to someone's going to help you, send me a note at info at wethepeopleconvention.org, info at wethepeopleconvention.org, and let me know that some of these are legit. Because I was disappointed to hear that, again, here's the government putting out this thing that says, we shipped them these monoclonal antibody stuff, and now they're saying they didn't get it? What's going on with that?
Now, I also put on our webpage where I showed you those links that are under our podcast. Uh, last week, someone sent me this chart that was really good. It was kind of a step-by-step prevention uh, for early outpatient treatment of COVID-19. So if you go into the website and look at the podcast page, you'll see links to this other thing. It was really helpful to me that said, this is what you should do immediately. This is what you should do in what sequence. This is what your medicines you need. Be prepared. Look into this before you need it. You may need it. On the COVID front, though, I said we're fighting back. You're seeing us fighting in schools. You're seeing us fighting in businesses. I talked to a patriot this week from my Porridge County Tea Party, a really great lady who's just always been there for me, always stood for liberty. They've tried to fire her three times at her business for not wearing a mask, okay, and now they're pushing for the vaccine. She has refused. She has refused. And you know what? They won't fire her. They make her think they're going to fire her, and she just says, no, I'm not doing it. I have a doctor's order that says I don't need it and I shouldn't have it. I'm not doing it. She even got one guy in their company fired because he was harassing her about not wearing a mask. She turned him in to to their uh, human services department, filed a, a, a report. He got fired. That's how you fight back. I said you all along, they can't replace us. The job market right now is horrific. You're paying big bucks for people that have no skills. They need you. Don't quit. Make them fire you. They're not going to. And even if they do, sue them. Now, here's an example of young kids. I thought this was great. No one covered this, but I just want to share with you. UC Claremont basketball team planning to skip the season due to vaccine mandate. This is UC Claremont is a, a branch campus of the University of Cincinnati in Claremont County, Ohio. Members of UC Claremont men's basketball team are not planning on playing this season because they stayed there collectively against the university's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Players on the team said they were looking forward to a successful season, but as now they will as of now they will sitting this one out. We don't get full scholarships to come here, and it can be expensive. So to make us make this type of decision is kind of extreme and tough for a lot of us, said court justice, a student player said. Uh, the University of Cincinnati now has a vaccine mandate in place. It states that all UC students must be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 by November 12th, or they rest being dropped from in-person classes for the spring semester. When the men's basketball season is set to start on November 6th, UC Claremont players said they have decided together as a team they will not be getting the shot. It's not, it is not as far as we don't get it. We're just being, we're not just being difficult. We don't, we just don't know what's safe, said Morris Duffy, a student and player. We don't know what we, we are putting in our bodies. If it's safe, how our, or if it's safe, how our bodies will react. These are students who understand. Don't put stuff in your body that hasn't been fully tested. We're fighting back and we're winning. These kids have courage. We need to have courage. We need to fight with all our might. And we need to realize we may give up something, but we're not going to give up our freedom and liberty. You can give up a job. You can give up your basketball season. Don't give up your freedom, your constitutional rights. So now... I'm going to talk about something very serious, and you've got to, you have to act on this, okay? 
Big banks fight proposed IRS reporting rule where they have to report transactions over $600. $600. Okay? Big banks are sounding the alarm on a proposed reporting requirement that would force financial services data on every account worth more than $600. The measure is included in the text of the Biden regime's America Families Plan uh, for uh, tax all tax dollars owed. This month, Rob Nichols, president and CEO of America Bank, American Bankers Association, sent uh, uh, the Committee of the Ways and Means Committee and Senate Committee Finance a letter denouncing the proposal. And, and why would you do that? Why do you do this? Because Joe Biden's trying to tell them that, oh yeah, we want your bank to report to the IRS every transaction over $600 because rich people aren't paying enough of their taxes. Really? The current thing that they have to report to fight drug dealers is $10,000 transactions. How many $10,000 transactions do you make? Like none. Okay, like none. Quite frankly, it was funny because I, I had to make a $10,000 transaction for this uh, the ad we took in the Washington Times. And they suspended our card after that because I had exceeded the daily limit that I didn't know existed because I never do $10,000 transactions. But now they want to make it $600. You're going to stand for that? Now, the big banks don't want this either, and the rich people don't want it either. But we got to fight back. You know how you fight back? This is your ask for this week. I want you to write and call your bank, and I want you to tell them that if they agree to do this with the federal government, that you will withdraw all of your money from their bank and start using cryptocurrency. That's what they're most afraid of, that you're not going to use banks anymore, that you're going to go to Bitcoin, right? And so guess what? When they start hearing that you're going to withdraw your money, they're going to fight back. And the bank lobby has a lot of money to fight back with. They pay Hillary Clinton millions, right? Make them sweat. Will you do that for me? I want you to write or call your bank and, and, and just say, I've heard, seen this. It'll be linked at our website that this is what the Biden administration wants. This is a gross infringement on my privacy. The IRS has no right to know what transactions I'm making. I file my taxes. That's all they need to see. And if you agree to do this, PNC Bank, Chase Bank, for Fifth Third Bank, Wells Fargo Bank, whoever your bank, I will withdraw all of my money and I will use cryptocurrency. Make the threat, please. There's thousands of people that watch this podcast. If all of you do that, I assure you, they will be calling their congressmen who they donate big money to and demanding that this be stopped. And it will be stopped. Here's another example of somebody standing up and fighting back. I know many of you are going to school board meetings. You're fighting critical race theory. You're fighting vax ma uh, vaccine mandates for schools. You're fighting mask mandates for schools. We had something happen here in Hudson, Ohio, which is literally 15 minutes north of me here in Akron here, uh, where the mayor went to the school board meeting because a parent has found that they were teaching their children from books who were taking an advanced course from Hiram College at the high school that basically was pornography. 
And this made national headlines. You may have seen it, but let me just play this clip. It's real short from the Hudson mayor. Earl, members of the board, my name is Craig Schubert. I'm the mayor of this city. It has come to my attention that your educators are distributing essentially what is child pornography in the classroom. I've spoken to a judge this evening. She's already confirmed that. So I'm going to give you a simple choice. You either choose to resign from this Board of Education or you will be charged. Thank you. Yeah, I'd call that fighting back. And you think they were a little surprised? So he was on, you know, Newsmax and, and on, you know, all kinds of things with that. Now, I got to update you on the story because the judge was a, a local judge for Hudson. Okay. And he's the mayor of Hudson, Ohio. And, you know, this judge said that's pornography. Oh, but the lib Demi County prosecutor, because Summit County is big time left. Okay. And Hudson's in the northern part of it is more of a, a Republican area. Yeah. The county prosecutor is basically saying that's not pornography. No, no. You know, having the kids read books about sex acts, that's not pornography. But she's going to investigate the mayor for making an, a threat against the school board members. So that story will continue. But still, we're fighting back. And those school board members, how comfortable do you think they feel in the community? What's their chances to get reelected next time? Not good. Keep the pressure up. Keep fighting. Now, you and I have been waiting, and I'm about to wrap it up because we, you know, we've been on for a long time, and I sure appreciate you watching the show. But we got word on Friday that the Maricopa audit results will be released next Friday, September 24th. That, folks, is a big deal. That is the triggering event that we have been looking for for a long, long time, Okay. We've been waiting since June with our barn billboard program to do this, okay? And we got other good news, too, this week. Pennsylvania is one step closer to a full forensic audit like Arizona, okay? Republicans in the Pennsylvania Senate took another step towards an Arizona-style forensic audit when they voted Wednesday to authorize subpoenas for personal information on every voter around the Commonwealth. The State Senate Intergovernmental Operations Committee voted to authorize 17 subpoenas seeking information from Governor Tom Wolf's administration that includes partial Social Security numbers, driver's license information, how each voter casts a ballot, and when those voters last cast a ballot. The move is the latest step towards what the Pennsylvania Republicans call a forensic audit into the 2020 election. Results election results, part of a broader trend of Republican-controlled legislators seeking to examine the results. That's big news, folks. Now, the left is saying, and the DOJ is going to get involved because they're saying, now you're looking at personal information. You're intimidating voters. So this is going to be a tough slog. But the information that we're getting and we're hoping to get out of Arizona is going to be big. I also talked to you last week about uh, the cyber symposium and how Dr. Frank explained what happened at the cyber symposium. 
I did post this video on our website. If you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, you'll see this graphic, what happened at the cyber symposium and what happens next, and, 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 and you'll see the video. Now, for some reason, the people that have the video put it on YouTube of all places and then said, if you embedded the code, you can only watch it from YouTube. So when you go to our webpage, you click the link, it'll change you to YouTube to watch it. Now, I'm expecting them to give me a copy that I can put on our servers because I don't think this video is going to be on YouTube very long at all if it still is while you're hearing this broadcast. But in the meantime, you can watch this video. It's about two hours long. Very, very interesting what he's talking about that Mike Lindell has found with his cyber teams. Very interesting. Way more to come. So we're celebrating next Friday as a date when we're finally going to see some hard data. And people are now talking that this is going to cascade. Matter of fact, I saw uh, the guy who's running for Attorney General of Michigan on One America News saying that they're moving towards an audit and that when the numbers come out of Arizona, it's going to cause a wave of other Republicans to say, whoa, this happened in Arizona. We better find out what happened in our state. This is going to be huge. Now, as you know, this was the thing we were going to trigger our, you know, our campaign to, you know, to retake our control of our country. We want to do our billboard campaign because we said after the audit, we already have about 50%, 48% of people think the election was stolen. We now got to win the public relations battle and the Arizona audit numbers are going to help that. But we've got to do our barn billboard campaign around the country. So everyone who gave me an address for a barn billboard in since June, I put your order in this week. So if you got a, a strange email like your billboard's being shipped, that was from us. I pulled the trigger because I want to get some of these billboards up by Friday when Arizona announces this so that we can launch our whole campaign, okay? This is going to be really important. Why? Because I, you know, as I spell out on our page, okay, that, you know, the page that talks about how we're going to get, retake control of our country, it's multiple steps. First, we prove the fraud. That's what Arizona is supposed to do next Friday. Then we win the public relations battle. We put up a thousand billboards on major highways where millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions of people see them, okay? Convincing them that the audits prove that Trump won. That gives us the political power to put pressure on our state representatives. So the billboards say Biden and Harris are illegitimate. You will not steal our votes. We will fix the fraud and vote you out. That's what the billboard says. The audits prove that Trump won. Biden and Harris are illegitimate. You will not steal our votes. We will fix the fraud and vote you out. So we need donations and we need billboard locations. Seriously. And we got to get them now because I'm worried about the bad weather. We started working on us on June. I wasn't even thinking about the weather. Now it's September. And I want you to be able to get these up before the winter comes in the northern states, right? So I need you to go to our website at wethepeopleconvention.org 
and go to the web page and, and I'll make it on the front page. It currently has the January 6th rally information on it, but by Sunday, it'll say, you know, our plan to restore, you know, re reclaim our nation. Okay, and it's our barn billboard program. So go to the front page of WeThePeopleConvention.org and start giving me, you know, click the green button to say I want to donate. Click the red button to say I got a location, a warehouse, a silo, a barn, uh, you know, a building, a commercial building that we can put a 20 by 40 foot building a billboard on that's in the middle of an area that isn't zoned, that we don't have to worry about lefties saying you can't put the sign up, that's next to a really big highway where the left can't do anything about it, but drive by every day and be pissed when they see this billboard that says Trump won. The audits prove it. That's our goal. And then that's going to give the spine to the Republicans we need to fix the fraud. So what? So that next year, folks, we're 14 months away from the next election. We have 14 months to save this country. We ain't saving this country if we can't get everybody who voted in 2020 to come out again and believe and trust that their vote will count. We got to get that done. And then as I've talked to you before, We've got to put people on the ballot who are warriors, who will do to the left what they are doing to us, who will defund them, who will try Milley and these other traitors, who will go after Pelosi and Schumer, okay? After they're gone, after the election, we're going to go after them with criminal charges because they're criminals. We need warriors. We're going to talk more about that in the coming weeks. But right now, I need billboard locations, okay? All right, so I'm going to wrap it up. I hope you appreciated this podcast. I hope my, my piece at the beginning about the Justice for uh, the uh, January 6th political prisoners rally made sense to you, inspired you. Thank God that he overlooked, he was oversaw our people, and we had a safe rally, and we made our point, and we got millions of people to learn about these political prisoners and the way they're being mistreated. Be thankful for that. Call your, your banks about this $600 you know, reporting thing that Biden wants and tell them no. Call your congressmen and senators about Millie. We don't want a transcript. I want to hear the phone call. And don't tell us you don't have it, because I got news for you. Maybe you can get it from France, because their Secret Service spies on us too. They might want to turn it over. Don't say we don't have it. We got it. Okay? So call your congressman and senator. No mercy for Millie. You got to go after him. It may be called Miley. I call him Millie, whatever his damn name is. He's a traitor. Tell your senators and congressmen, we must defend Taiwan. And then call your bank and tell them you will not put up with this reporting of every transaction over $600 that you make. Those are your assignments for the week. If you've got any questions, suggestions, things I should look at, many of the stories that you saw today are from you, write to me at info at wethepeopleconvention.org. Write to me at wethepeopleconvention.org. That's how you get to us. I thank you for your patriotism. I thank you for your willingness to fight. I know we're learning some hard lessons. I hope you learned the lesson about not following the ignorant crowd, 
about it's an FBI setup, it's a sting, they're going to gun us down. They're just going to put a rope around you and arrest you all. It made no sense. Logically, read my essay so you can figure it out if you can't yet. We got to deal with facts. The situation is bad enough as it is. We don't need to scare ourselves with stupid, irrational thoughts. We need to fight and win. We won big. We saw a target of opportunity and won big. You should be proud to be part of the We the People Convention. You should be proud that you donated to help pay for security and pay for those ads. We still got to get them out. We're going to give some money to some lawyers. But as you can see, their case is falling apart. A lot of these people are going to get off because they're wrong. And we still have the ability to fight back. All right. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Please share this with everyone you can. This has been the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski. And we'll see you again next week.